Hey everyone, welcome to episode 3 of Field Recordings. It's Frank. And this is Ben. And we're uh, going to talk about something that we both enjoy quite a bit, and it's football. Today's guest, we're talking to Del Reed, one of the founding members of Bill's Mafia and one of the founders of 26shirts.com. Uh, they create, every two weeks, they create a new t- Bills-themed t-shirt, and some of the proceeds go to support local families dealing with medical issues or some other sort of uh, um, issue hardships. Yeah, great charity, actually. Yeah, so we're going to be talking football, and that's exciting, right? It is. Uh, just a disclaimer, I am a Cleveland Browns <laughs> fan. Um, it's just as tough as being a Bills fan, so... Maybe even tougher. What's in the news right now about the Browns there, Frank? My, uh, my boy, Johnny Money Manziel, <laughs> did not have the best season last year. Uh, it was traumatic. And something we're going to talk to, to Dell about uh, today is kind of um, being in the national spotlight, a team that hasn't been in the national spotlight really since the 90s, the, both teams, Mm-hmm. And uh, what that is kind of like the excitement there because the Bills just hired Rex Ryan and that's yep. going to be, you know, and they won nine games last year. So hopefully building on that, uh, maybe a playoff run next year, but you do have Rex Ryan who's a big personality. You're going to start getting some national exposure. Hopefully. And I just want to warn Bills fans out there <laughs> that at first that may seem exciting, but boy, does that suck after a while. Well, it sucks when your quarterback's a drunk who doesn't prepare for games. And I can say these things now because it was reported on in the news. Frank and I actually got into a bit of a altercation this week at work because I, I I went a little bayless on him, I'll admit it. I accused Johnny Manziel of being maybe the worst quarterback in NFL history. Frank gave me a verbal beatdown for about 10 minutes. And actually, you know, kind of changed my mind a little bit about all of the reasons for which, you know, Mansell is not... Six quarters. Being judged on Six maybe a completely quarters. fair... Uh, uh, by a jury of impartial people, basically. Because we all kind of kind of hate Johnny Mansell a little bit. You but hate not, him if he doesn't play for your team. Right, exactly. And now a news story just came out yesterday, right? Yeah. Saying that maybe Manziel was not taking football super seriously. He was, quote, year. drunk off his ass the morning before <laughs> a game. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that's one of the things. And, you know, back when the Browns went 10-6, and six, I remember the following year, I think they played in four or five primetime games. And part of me was excited, and we want, I wanted to see them, you know, of course succeed. But the other half is a lot of bandwagon fans started jumping on, and you'd see the gear out in the open a little bit more, and more and more guys. It just, you know, I was there for, I felt like a hipster almost. It's like I was <laughs> I there first. I've been, I've been rooting for them for so long. I wanted it to pay off. But, and the same with Johnny Manziel. It's like if I wore, you know, before he came out and stunk to join up, if I wore Johnny gear or something i felt like people thought i was a poser but i've I, you know i've lived this for so long i earned it you did but, and you can't even enjoy it yeah no that's true and i worry about that with the bills a little bit because i'm so optimistic right now like, i feel so strongly that next season's gonna be that breakthrough year and you know with that optimism comes that that fear that it's just gonna be another seven and nine season or six and ten season and rex ryan's gonna be a big fat joke and uh, he did have gastric bypass, so fat. All right. Well, I mean, the joke will be big and fat. Yes. Rex is actually looking pretty slim these days. That's <laughs> not bad. Uh, and that we'll just be horribly depressed and in the same boat that we are in so many other years. But I'm going to choose not to think that way. Uh, Ty Dell is a very positive person. I mm-hmm. uh, felt very kind of inspired, to be honest, hearing some of the things he had to say. Uh, he talks a lot about his own kind of history uh, as a Bills fan, how Bills Mafia came to be. Uh, so in that vein, I think I'm going to keep my head up, um, celebrate the fact that we put three bills in the Pro Bowl this year. 
Uh, I did refer to it as the All-Star Game at one point. (laughs) (laughs) I really have watched football before, I swear. Well, Uh, And and, uh, there's things to be positive about. So I'll choose to keep the negativity out of my life. I'll save that for Buffalo News reporters. And I'll feel positive about spending your first-round pick in this uh, April's draft. Hey, you know what? You enjoy it. (laughs) Take that, spend it, have a good time with it. We got Sammy Watkins. We have a a franchise receiver. Uh, And I think you guys probably need to pick one we do right now. This argument will continue (laughs) offline, but let's get to that interview with Del Reed of 26shirts.com. You know, for, I guess, first of all, we kind of already talked about this, but talk about your own history as a Bills fan. Like, you know, how yeah, you... Um, I the way I always I phrase it is I grew up in a house that actually had uh, a plaque or a photo or whatever, you know, those ones you buy at the mall or whatever with a player of O.J. Simpson on the wall. Like, that's the house I grew up in. That's the, that's the DNA that I have in my blood. And uh, up until about 1994, and then it came down, and I don't ever know what happened to it. <laughs> I don't know what happened. It's probably, it's probably worth some money. Uh, I, maybe, I guess. Quietly uh, you know. off the wall. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's somewhere. Knowing, knowing, my, knowing my family, it's probably packed away somewhere. Nothing gets thrown out. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, I, I was raised a Bills fan. You know, I'm 39, so, you know, I cut my teeth, my football teeth in middle school yeah, yeah. Uh, on Jim Kelly you know, and then, and then Thurman Thomas, and you know that all that whole generation, the, the dynasty or the almost dynasty, however you want to call it, mm-hmm. um, that's kind of where it all like the addiction like really kicked in, or like you know the however you want to put it. Uh, and then obviously you know fate took a turn, and now it's more like a yeah yeah, you know, like <laughs> I enjoy that Bills fanhood, Dell. But no, it's fantastic. Where did you grow up, uh, I grew up in town Tonawanda. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that's I mean that's how I got into the Bills. It's just like. They were on every Sunday. When the game's on, you don't talk. Right. You know, commercials talk your heart out. The minute it cuts back from commercial, lips go closed. You know what I mean? Um, except for screaming and yelling at specifically at the game, but yeah. you don't talk. Right. Um, you don't walk in front of the TV. That kind of stuff. Um, proud to say I'm teaching my kids that same those same rules. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, so that's kind of where it all started. You know, it's true for most people who are probably listening to this. That's how they became a Bills fan. They were born into it. Um, there are some that, you know, become fans later on in life sure. or, you know, they, they discover uh, that stuff. But so much, that's what's so cool about our fan base is that it's, it's so dyed in the wool. So uh, so Bill's Mafia then, when did uh, this kind of become, you know, a, a phenomenon? When did this start? How did it start? Why did it start? Um, yeah, it launched in, officially, I guess, officially launched in 2011. Um, right. But it all started when in 2010, and back then, like in 2010 on Twitter, you pretty much knew every single Bills fan that was on Twitter. Yeah, I mean that's it was such you know relatively small. Um, it was kind of it was pretty cool. You know what I mean? Like every you knew who every now there's like tons of people you don't know who who and everything. Sure, yeah, yeah. But um, so anyways, there was a group of us who uh, were you know all in on the Bills. Obviously, it was like 2010, and Stevie Johnson drops the pass uh, against the Steelers, would have won the game, and then he. How's that that came out? Were you really? It was, yeah. It yeah. Was, I, I remember actually at that, I wasn't at that game. I was, I was at home um, helping decorate the Christmas tree. And I, I remember like telling my daughter, like, don't walk in front of the TV. Going back to that thing from before. I remember that. For some reason, that's such a distinct thing. Because that was like one of those, not mean, but you know, like. Yeah, yeah. That's, you know, when you could tell she got it. Like, okay, I'm not going to walk in front of the TV. <laughs> Probably sound like a bad father. I'm not. I promise. <laughs> no, no. Uh, that's what a bad father would say, though. I'm not a bad father. Right? <laughs> like, I think most Bills fans hearing this like that's pretty reasonable. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Should have known. Yeah. Learn, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, I did see. Some, I, I did see somebody tweet uh, with the Music City Miracle that her, one of her memories from that game was her dad taking the Christmas tree and throwing it on the front lawn or something. I thought that was hilarious. 
So I never did that. But anyways, okay, so um, that you know that night Stevie Johnson takes to Twitter and he does his famous God tweet and everything. Yeah, yeah. You know how Bills fans are. They, they, we all rally around him and everything. Like, hey, keep your head up. Because the week before, he had that breakout game against Cincinnati. So, like, every yeah, fan was, like, in yeah. love with this dude. He had, like, three touchdowns, you know. That's the Why So Serious game, right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. I was at that game, actually. That was the nice. only away game I ever went to. I was, like, for me, that's, like, my little, like, my little badge that I was actually <laughs> at Stevie Johnson's breakout game. Nice. Um, and then, so, the next day, Adam Schefter, you know, retweets, you know, Stevie Johnson. It was, like, at 4.30 or something in the afternoon. And then mm-hmm. immediately, like... Bills fans pounced on him because at this point Stevie Johnson had been on like you know or they had talked about him on like every venue you could think of right. in terms of TV. I mean the, my, the example I always use is the View. Like mm-hmm. he was on the View, like <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg, whoever was talking about Stevie the Bills. So not that I watched the View, but you know. Uh, but <laughs> so, so, anyways, <laughs> yeah. So people started making fun of um, Adam Schefter and my 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 good friend now, who I've met in real life a couple times, met met him through Twitter. One of the um, three of us that actually run the whole Bills Mafia thing. Yeah. Um, Leslie, uh, Leslie and ninety four on Twitter, and then Breon Bree underscore eighty eight. Mm-hmm. He uh, came up with this funny hashtag called Schefter Breaking News, and so you know we all tried. We all started using this hashtag, tweeting old news headlines and saying hashtag Schefter Breaking News. Yeah. Uh, we're all of course we're trying to outdo each other, and it goes all the way back to like Man Discovers Fire and stuff like that. <laughs> um, and then uh, I guess uh, I guess some of us may have been like actually mentioning Schefter in the tweet, and so we ended up getting blocked. And to this day, I'm still blocked by M. Schefter because of this. <laughs> Badge of honor. I guess. I guess. I guess. So, um, but anyway, so uh, fast forward, you know, several months now. It's during the lockout, and uh, I'm, you know, how you know Friday is like follow Friday, and you mention people to other people yeah. and stuff. So. I, I mentioned some of us, and I said, follow the Bills Mafia. Like, it was really, it's just a tongue-in-cheek thing of saying, like, oh, we're bad guys in Schefter's eyes. You know what I mean? Right, right. And then, you know, everybody just, you know, just started using that as, like, a, a inside joke here and there. And then now the lockout's over. Fast forward to that, and it's, uh, they just signed Nick Barnett right before, you know, right the first or second day of training camp 2011. Uh-huh. And... Uh, Barnett actually was Barnett's like alter ego on Twitter, which is, was actually run by a fan. But he and the fan actually like would banter back and forth all the time. Okay. Starts you know, says hashtag Bills Mafia. I like that. And all of a sudden it was like Poof, it just blew up from there. And so then you know we just it kept showing up, showing up, and then eventually you know on Twitter. And then um, a couple days later, you know Breon and I were talking like, should we do something? And I was like. Uh, we could take like a Twitter bird and put like a red streak on it. And it has nothing to do with mafia. You know what I mean? Like right, the, yeah, yeah. the whole thing is like it, it was always an inside joke, and everybody reads into it what they want. And uh, so we started selling some T-shirts. Then we really we were selling a lot of T-shirts, and people started saying like, "Well, is that all this is about?" I'm like, no. Like like I, going back to the OJ thing. Like this is in my blood. I'm not gonna right, quote unquote right. sell out so mm-hmm. I can sell. 100 t-shirts yeah, <laughs> you know what i mean like you sell 100 t-shirts then everyone gets sick of it and then you kill it immediately right, right. yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely and because that's the whole thing and that's the example i've always I, that's the wording i've always used is that on twitter things blow up and then they blow over yeah exactly. it's so fast <laughs> it's even faster now in 2015 than it was back in 2011 yeah like it's magic and stuff like that. yeah yeah right <laughs> totally so we said no we'll take you know i work for roswell park so and right at the time uh, the the fundraising department, the Alliance Foundation, was two, directly two floors above my above my office. Yeah. So I went up there and I tried to explain to her what the heck Twitter is and you know <laughs> mafia. And... So then I said, well, can I just like send you money? She's like, well, yeah, sure. So that was the early outset of 
where we are now, we're actually a 501c3 and we're a, a, a charity and we run events and we sell all this merchandise and all these different things and we give the money to different you know charities and foundations and stuff. It's, it's interesting because I was searching a hashtag last night for those mafia hashtags mm-hmm. just to kind of get a feel for what people were talking about. And it does seem it's more of an entity than it is about any specific individual at this point, I feel like. Because you look at national writers, uh, they will use that Bills Mafia hashtag whenever they write about the Bills just because they want to get that extra juice. From that does feel kind of like weird. I mean, yeah. a good weird, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, how did this, what the heck? And that's what I wanted to ask about. Like, at what point did you start to notice that the players were paying? Because last night, you know, Flash Goodwin and uh, Marcus Easley are using that Bills Mafia hashtag yeah. to build up their own Twitter following for their own accounts. Uh you know, media is using it. When did you start to notice that the players and the media were buying into this as well? Uh, good question. Um, I guess it all started, all these things started because the players bought into it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, you know, at the time it was like, uh, who was it? It was uh, Nick Barnett and Stevie Johnson. The reason we have a Twitter account, I don't know no, I don't know how many people know this. The reason there actually is a at the Bills Mafia Twitter account is because Stevie Johnson said, you guys should create a, a Twitter account and I'll help you promote it. Yeah. And so we did. And then... Uh, and he says he brought a tweet like one Sunday morning during training camp in 2011. Like, don't call your if you call yourself a Bills fan, you better be following at the Bills Mafia. Yeah. And we we're like, holy, we didn't expect it. We're like, holy crap! Like, uh, my I'm watch, I'm actually watching my phone's battery go down because the screen is lit from all these like, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, all these follower notifications. And then that was kind of like just what set us off. But yeah, so I don't know when the exact time was to be honest with you. Um, I still I still have that moment every time. Somebody from NFL.com mentions Bills Mafia or somebody yeah. from, like, Sports Illustrated. I mean, it was pretty cool. Like, Peter King, actually, like, we coordinated a tailgate with Peter King in 2012. That was kind of oh, awesome. surreal. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? What are the what are the hottest topics right now amongst the uh, Bills Mafia as we kind of get into, like, the last week of Super Bowl week here? It's going to be a weird couple months because normally, you know, fans are at each other's throats over, you know, uh, which prospect that they've never heard of. Right, they, the team should oh, yeah. draft. Yeah. Everybody comes as a draft expert the day after the Super Bowl, <laughs> and it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out this year because there, there's no first round pick, at least not yet. I mean, right. I've heard rumors and scuttlebutt that the Bills may end up with a first round pick, but I mean, we'll see. I just find it interesting. Like I'll, I'll go for runs like during the draft, and I'll listen to it as I run, and like, super interest. Like you're really like on your edge of your seat to see who's going next, and then like they'll draft some. Whoever is drafted, I'm like, I really have no idea who this guy is. Yeah, and even that goes for the whole thing. Like you watch the whole first round. Like I do this every year. Yeah, I actually watch the previous year's first round, mm-hmm. not the whole thing. I'll skip through it because I have a life and wife <laughs> and kids, and I want to keep having a wife and kids. But right. you know, um, I'll, I'll skip through it and I'll watch it and everything. Um, and these dudes that like you remember, like, oh yeah, I was really hoping they draft that guy, or I was really, you know, they're they're hyping these guys, then like. I haven't heard about this guy in the past year. And you look up his stats on, like, Pro Football Reference, you're like, he didn't even play. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Or even you go back two years, three It's like, it all becomes like this. It's just such a weird exercise. And it's not bad. It's fun. But it's it's a weird exercise, the whole draft. So sticking with the draft theme, and I'm going to ask this with a smile on my face because I'm a Browns fan. Yeah. How do you feel about that trade? About the Watkins trade? Yeah. I'm glad he's on the team. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, hindsight is always twenty twenty. If you If you had looked through, I guess, all the prognosticators last May mm-hmm. and seen... I, I didn't see anybody say that you're, you're going to see, you know, Evans. Well, you know, Evans, but, you know, you have Beckham, Evans, Watkins. Nobody knew the wide receiver class was going to 
happen like this. Wide mm-hmm. receivers typically take three years. You've, you've played f- fantasy football, you know. Oh, yeah. You look for the guys who are going into their third season. That's normally their breakout year. This was a really strange year. And mm-hmm. I don't know if that's because this year is an anomaly or if it's because just offenses are changing. Like quarterbacks are starting right away out of college yeah, now. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's part of it. Um, but I, I don't have a problem with the trade. I really don't. And I'm not just saying that because I drink so much Bill's Kool-Aid. But, like, <laughs> I, I really don't. Because you, it's not fair to look at things in hindsight, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's a lot of people who are detracting from EJ. But at that time last year, you know, people thought that EJ was really going to, like, be the guy. You know what right. I mean? A lot of people did. I mean, there's a lot of people that, like, oh, I'll never have said that. Fine. But, uh everybody thought that EJ was going to progress. I mean, the last game he played was against Jacksonville. He did pretty mm-hmm. He did pretty well. So, you know, I mean, I don't know. I'm not convinced he's not, to be honest. Like Neither him. am I. Neither <laughs> am I. I don't, I don't even, like, and there's certain things, if you're listening to this, here's a secret. Like, I don't talk about everything I believe on Twitter. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Because, like, I just don't want to hear about it. Oh, you know, I really do think that EJ is. There's probably a good chance that he's going to be starting. He's he'll be the starting quarterback in September. Right. Um, and I'm I'm okay with it. Even though after that Chargers game, I was I was very frustrated with EJ Manuel, because sure. how he, you know the, the passes he was throwing, and he laid out Goodwin going across the middle towards the end there and everything. And I'm just sitting there in the stands, like shaking my head, going, "This <laughs> this guy." But then you hear about like Marone and everything, and I'm willing to give the guy. I don't want to pass, but I'll give him like another shot. I'm not going to write him off. Yeah, this whole thing, and as a Browns fan with Manziel, you know, mm-hmm. you're going through this too. Like, yes. the fact that we had a run for a couple of years where guys came into the league as quarterbacks and started right off the bat and had success really goes against, like, yeah. decades of the way this is worth. You know, so I don't yeah. want to give up on a guy immediately. Just yeah, because well, and some of those have been success. short spurts, too. I mean, yeah. like, Kaepernick's kind of on a downturn last mm-hmm. season. Cam's starting to come back up. Mm-hmm. He's had a couple good seasons. Manziel but... had one good series. <laughs> <laughs> so we had a fight at work about this. Today. Yes, he did. Ugly. Well, when Ben quoted, it quoted as saying, Manziel may be one of the worst quarterbacks in the history of football. <laughs> I just think after six quarters might be a little hasty. I want a little power. After six quarters, yeah. A little Bayless. Yeah. But back the, to the worst. draft picks. I mean, I, I, you, you do have value in a one and a four for, in, in uh, I guess, the current one, too. But look at the uh, – everybody was laughing at the Redskins when they traded up to get RG3. But then you look at the other side of that trade and the boatload of picks the Rams had. I mean, what if they really turned that yeah, into uh, too? Yeah. So it's really kind that's of – it could go either way with it. And I think if you know that guy is going to be special, and even if it's not EJ, I mean, somebody's going to benefit from mm-hmm. having a top wide receiver. Oh, absolutely. Team. I mean, like uh, – I mean, okay. So, what do you do? You remember when Evans got drafted? Was it before the Bills would have picked, anyways? Uh, it might have been one pick before. I have to double check. So, I, I, if I remember correctly, and there's somebody listening to this podcast right now going, "That's not what happened." That's you, you, it might have been one or two picks. I can't but remember. I mean, like yeah. they probably weren't getting Evans, mm-hmm. right? Uh, even we'll even use the argument to save my in case I'm wrong there with the order. Uh, somebody could have dra- traded up ahead of them, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, Bills fans would have stormed one Bills drive with torches and pitchforks <laughs> if the Bills had drafted Beckham. Where they were originally slated, mm. they would have freaked out. I was about to say that. You know, I feel like I watched a decent amount of college football, so I, I had seen Beckham play a few times, and he was good. But I don't think anyone thought he was going to be like this one-handed catch superstar right, yeah. this year, right? And, and same and thing with Benjamin. You know, I mean, they weren't drafting him there. Oh, people yeah. were making fun of Calvin Benjamin, <laughs> like, oh, this is their big replacement for all these guys you lost yeah. for Steve Smith in Carolina, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. you're right. This whole stadium situation, you know, there were four stadium sites recommended by uh, this group out of Los Angeles, uh, AECOM, I don't know how you pronounce that, yeah. uh, AECOM. Uh, you know, three of those are downtown, one is you know, the current site, uh, it'd be adjacent to where the Ralph is now, I guess. Uh, what are your thoughts? What do you? What would you prefer? You know what, I really, I, I really, and this sounds like such a cop-out, I really don't care. 
Really? I don't care if it's a covered stadium. I don't care if it's an open stadium. I don't care mm-hmm. if it's an Orchard Park. I don't care if it's downtown. I guess if it was a 51-49 kind of thing. I live in Kenmore, yeah. so it'd be faster to get down Washington Street. Yeah. Down to the Cobblestone District than it would be to get all the way down to 219. Or uh, you know, drive on Amherst Street and hop on the train. Right, yeah, totally, yeah. So um, I guess if it's at 51-49, I'd prefer yeah, yeah. downtown. Mm-hmm. But, I, I mean, I, I, th- I don't think it matters what people think. It's going downtown. Like, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. going downtown. Like, there's no, I mean, with all the money and you, with the whole, even the whole one Buffalo thing that the, the Pagoulas yeah. are doing now, yeah. it's going downtown. Like, it, that's going to be their kingdom. They're going to be in the HSBC Tower, wherever it is they look at, <laughs> and they're going to look over all of Pagoulaville. Yeah. And hopefully it's a benign, you know, um, empire, which yeah, I'm yeah. sure, you know. Um, but no, it's going downtown. So it doesn't really, I don't think it matters what people think. Frank, I'd be kind of curious what your thoughts on this are, too. You know, moving the stadium downtown, I feel like. The one thing that people get, but everyone seems to be in on board with mm-hmm. the idea of a downtown stadium, mm-hmm. except for the tailgating situation, where you kind of lose the traditional tailgate potentially. Mm-hmm. I, I think um, that's a as a Browns fan, you know, you guys have a downtown stadium. Right? Yeah, they have the Muni lot where everybody tailgates, so it's a it's a walk, but it's not you know anything. And the walk was kind of cool. I mean, I went with a bunch of Bills fans during the Blizzard game, mm-hmm. and that, for me that was a ton of fun because all my friends got pelted with snowballs for about a mile long walk. But it, it, it's still it's classy. It, yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was similar to what we experienced in Buffalo. I think everybody goes to the same place. And we, I was in Baltimore before, and we were asking about that because their stadium's right downtown, right? Yeah. Um, and they just said really nice the stuff. whole downtown turns purple on Sundays, and the bars are just crazy. And I think, I mean, we're Buffalo, and we'll figure out a way to party. But well, that, that's that's my thing. Is like we'll adapt. Yeah. Whether we're, yeah. whether we're downtown. Or next door to one bill's drive or something like that. Yeah. Um, and things change in that respect. Like we'll adapt. I'm not. I'm not worried about that in any way, shape, or form. I feel. Like, I don't mean to cut you off there, but I feel like uh, the NFL in 2015 probably just wants to get away from the 1970s Hellgate experience mm-hmm. too. Like for better mm-hmm. or for worse. Like they, as a league, they probably just don't want to be branded. You know, as you know, that degree of just like kind of debauchery. And I think. Well, oh, that's yeah. That's a good. That's a good point. They're they're, they're definitely like searching for a specific kind of fan. Yes. I mean, they have a specific demographic they're going after. If you go to NFLshop.com and you look how much they want for a T-shirt yeah. <laughs> or a jersey, we were talking about that before, yeah. that kind of gives you an idea of like what they're looking for, what they're expecting from fans. So people who can af- you know, afford to... I don't even know what I'm trying to say. But I'm So yeah. But, but the, the whole thing with tailgating, when people complain about it, I'm like, just stop. Mm-hmm. It, there will be tailgating downtown wherever it ends up bills fans will find a way to, we'll, we'll figure it out yeah you know yeah, we'll figure out a way to drink 12 pack for the game yeah. <laughs> if that's your thing then yeah. have at it you can you know you'll, you'll figure it out no i think there's a lot of cool places like uh, you know as as the whole downtown is built up i think it'll be a pleasant surprise for people who might miss that experience why don't you kind of like give our listeners mm-hmm. uh kind of the lowdown on what 26 shirts is and how it came about and what you guys are doing with that yeah process. okay cool thanks yeah uh 26 shirts is my baby right now um it's a separate thing from the the the, the bills mafia charity and i work with a local shirt company called you and who dan giganti i think mm-hmm. you guys know him or I yes, know, you know, yeah. um he we work hand in hand on this and what it is is we sell a different t-shirt every two weeks and $8 from every shirt we sell goes to a different family or foundation in need. It it shows you right on the homepage which one is being benefited at this, you know, at that given moment. Um, and it's really taken off and because of, you know, the quote unquote I don't want to say clout, that's the wrong word, but the connections that I've 
obtained through all the Bills Mafia stuff I've done. Yeah. Um, with different, you know, with the different players and players' families and stuff like that. So many of the shirts we've been actually able to work with the players themselves and get the players to wear the shirt, and oftentimes that's our avatar is actually like a player wearing the, his shirt. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's and, and even like with Scott Chandler, we didn't do a shirt based on him, but him and his wife and his daughter modeled a shirt for us. Yeah. Um. So that was kind of cool. Um. But so now we're moving into different cities, and because the whole idea is that you don't have to feed the machine, you know, the league. You can still rep your team mm -hmm. and at the same time um, do some good. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we have non-licensed apparel, obviously, with the NFL and everything, but we work with players and stuff like that, and um, it's been great. I mean, we've done – we've been doing really well. It's crazy how – I mean, I love T-shirts. Like, that's my thing. Like, I, yeah. if I could wear a different T-shirt every day, I, I would. I wouldn't wear – like, I would never dress up for work. Um, so I think a lot of people are like that. So and these I, shirts are – they're, they go out once they're sold out. They're done, right? Like once you're done selling them, you can't go back and buy a shirt from. Right, them. right. It, during that two, if you don't buy it during that two weeks, then you're not gonna be able to buy it. Right. And that's part of the whole model is that it's limited editions, and that's why they're so special. We do a, a giveaway. We do a, a giveaway on Thursday. It's called Throwback Thursday, because when you send when you um, print shirts, there's always like a percentage of error. So we get to over order mm -hmm. some shirts. So what we'll do is we'll wait until, you know, all the orders have been sent out. We haven't heard back from anybody that got like a bad shirt or this or that or whatever. So then we have these extra shirts left over. And that's where we do our, our giveaways from on Throwback Thursday. So That's excellent. Uh, how do you pick the families who benefit from this? Like how does that process go through? Do you yeah, okay. Well, it, the way it started originally was I was actually trying to find people to help. Because yeah. the way it originally started, we'll start with this one. Um, the first person that we ever benefited was the Lund family. Uh, uh, Scott Lund, you can follow him on Twitter, at Scott Lund. Uh, he, uh, his daughter actually has this thing called retinoblastoma, which is cancer in the eye. And so he reached out to me back in that, that November 2013 and said, Hey, um, I've got this jersey I want to raffle off. Can you promote it through Bill's Mafia for me? And we get people coming at us all the time, you know, with you know, can you do this for us? Can you do that for us? I try to be accommodating, but you always want to make sure that you're not just like, somebody's not just using you or yeah. whatever, right? Yeah. So I'm like, all right, well, tell me a little bit about this jersey because he won it from Summer Sanders, who's a Bills fan and a former Olympian swimmer and used oh, to be a host on Nickelodeon and everything. Yeah, she's a Bills fan. Yeah, awesome. yeah. It's a little crush on Summer Sanders. I, I, think, I think most, most <laughs> yeah, I think most people your age probably did. So she, uh, he won it from her and so then I, had, I asked him, like, dude, why would you, okay, not only is this like a signed Mario Williams jersey, but you won it from Summer Sanders. Like, yeah. it's kind of like a double dip, you know, a triple dip. It's a jersey and it's got, you know. So um, then he started explaining to me about his daughter, Amber. And I've been reading this guy's email right before going to work. And I started, like, bawling right in my car. You know, I'm like, oh. so I said, yeah, dude, absolutely. And not only that, next time we sell a special T-shirt or whatever for Bill's Mafia, I'll just give you the money. Mm -hmm. You know, again, this is before my lawyer slapped me on the hand, before I actually had the idea for 26 <laughs> shirts. Because um, it's... What gave me that idea was that whole Legend of Kiko Alonso thing. I, I'm yes. the one that started that. So I started selling t-shirts that say Legend of Kiko Alonso mm -hmm. and everything. Um, it was kind of fun, like checking the website every day to see how many we just sold. You know what I mean? So I, I wanted to start selling more t-shirts. Really, it's, just, it's fun. You know, It's just fun to see the orders come in and to see an idea take off. And um, So then on a Monday night, after I talked to Scott, I... Uh, I go to this, uh, it's not really a Bible study, but like an accountability group. Me and a couple of other friends that go to my church. Um, we just talk, hang out about our lives and stuff like that. Um, I started telling them about this idea and I said, you know what? I think I might want to do this like 
regularly, like sell a different T-shirt like every week, and from that week, you know, I'll just give them money. And they're like, dude, you gotta, you can't do that. That's that's too much. You'll go crazy. I'm like, all right, well, maybe every other week, but I, that's I have to do. It has to be. It can't be any longer than that. And so my friend Jake looks at me. And he's like, dude, that's like twenty six shirts. And I was like, yeah, that's twenty. I think I can do it. So I woke up the next morning. That was stuck in my head, and that's kind of where the name came from. I was reading last night a little bit about the relationship that you guys had uh, with the support of Daryl Talley uh, after Tim Graham's big story came out yeah. right around Thanksgiving time. Uh, you worked with a. Uh, uh, Former Letterman writer, correct? Yeah, Eric Stengel. Yeah, um, Tim Graham actually arranged all that. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, he sent me a text and said, "Hey, Eric Stengel, uh, you know, I, 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 you didn't have to explain who he was. Like, I know who Eric Stengel mm-hmm. is. If you're a Bill, if you're a football fan on Twitter, you've probably run into his tweets. He's a really funny, dude. Yeah. Um, wants to do something with Talley, and uh, I mentioned you. Can I give him your contact information? And then, so for a week straight, it was like the most, you know, I don't want to say surreal, but like if you, I mean, I, this, this guy, I've you know, followed him on Twitter for years and years. Like this, yeah. Eric Stengel, he, you know, he was the head writer for Letterman for so yes. long. It's like, yeah. holy crap, I'm, I'm exchanging all these messages back and forth with him. For me, that was more exciting than talking to players and stuff like that. I get more excited about talking to the media guys now than I do actually the players and stuff like that. Yeah. Just because it, it's so interesting because they have so many different stories and they're, you know, they're, I don't want to say they're real people because like we said before, players are real people too, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, so we were going back and forth. We had a, an awesome artist who was able to put the whole idea together, and it took a while. Like it was like legit brainstorming, trying to figure out what that design was going to be. Um, and then you know, eventually had the idea of using that famous quote that you know that Marv had during mm-hmm. the Super Bowl years with a fight on my men and everything. So which is interesting. You guys had actually done a Daryl Talley shirt a few months before that too. Just kind of yeah, yeah, we did that um, that shirt, and Daryl was awesome. He promoted it on Twitter, and his yeah. wife is awesome, and. That benefited a little girl who has this weird digestive tract issue who literally cannot eat. Yeah, I'm reading about um, now. This is horrible. It sounds like yeah, uh, Haven Parker. And yes. but we were able to help her. And I saw that little girl, and I read her story. And I fell in love with her like months and months prior, and um, they were great. And so you know, and even like so, we never did a shirt to help the tallies because you know somebody else already did that thing, uh, that that fundraiser online like right away. So we yeah. just as soon as we knew it was legit, like we being the Bills Mafia, we started promoting it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we uh, the shirt we did based on Daryl Talley with Eric Stangle actually went to Gridiron Greats which is the foundation that Mike Ditka runs yes. because yeah, yeah. Janine actually said like please don't do something f- for us like because you know they're in an awkward position like we don't yeah. want you know to that. so sure. um, so I said alright so we gave it to Gridiron Greats um, which is an awesome foundation and we're looking forward to working with them you know more in the future and they help X. Ex- NFL players, right? Yeah, who fall on hard times and need you know help with medical issues. Uh, oh, mainly the guys who are like pre nineteen ninety three CBA or yeah. ninety two CBA because those guys are just in rough shape. They live like paycheck to paycheck, just like everybody else. What have been the most popular designs so far? I love the Frank the Tank shirt personally. Oh yeah, right. That, that, that's like one of my favorite ones. Yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, the most popular design we ever did was the Andre Reed one last March that helped Ben Sauer, the blue for Ben thing. Oh yeah, um, that's right. That's that sold over 1,600 shirts. Um, ironically, just yesterday, the current shirt we're selling, the Buffalosaurus Rex, is now our second best-selling shirt ever. Like, it is insane. These orders are just pouring in. It's, it's crazy. Uh, super excited. That's helping a little girl uh, who's four years old and has leukemia. So um, very excited to see that um, do so well. Just kind of wrap things up. Interesting. You know, 26 shirts is rolling. Uh, you guys are doing a great job with that. Uh, Bill's Mafia obviously is going strong. Uh, what's the future kind of hold for you guys? Do you have any 
Um, well, it's gonna be interesting to see, like, like you mentioned before, Bill's Mafia has become like the name of the fan base in certain circles. Yeah. Which is still kind of that was always my goal, to be honest with you. Like up front, like that was my goal. Was, like I wanted Bill's Mafia to be the name of the fan base. Yeah. Why? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, why not? But it's something that you know, it was born out of the fans, mm-hmm. and uh, that's not a thing about me. Like I said before, but it's that was always my goal was to see like. Something that the fans created. You know what I mean? That's our own thing. And yeah, if you're outside, it's a stupid name. Like people say, like, that's a stupid name. But there's a, there's a story behind it. Like, you dig yeah. into it, there's a story behind it. Um, and it really was, it, the whole thing was that it's about fans supporting the team. So where that's going to go, I have no idea. But um, I, I'm, it's a fun ride. And yeah. with 26 shirts, I mean, the goal there is we want to operate in as many cities as we can and help as many people as we can and we have a tagline we call changing the game and that's not like some cute thing like we i really look at it as we're changing the game in terms of like sports merchandise you know so much of pro sports is me 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 from the player level to, all the way to the fans like i'm a bigger fan than you are you know yeah, all that yeah. stuff like the whole idea that you're repping the team but you're helping somebody um in in the process that's kind of that's really unique mm-hmm. so uh, I'm, I'm excited to to see where that goes we want i'm going to push that as far as i can not as fast as I can because how many times do you see something that's a good idea like get big too big too quickly? Yeah. So we're trying to be careful and deliberate about it, but that's I got time. <laughs> so I mean, it's just bizarre to think that a drop pass by Stevie Johnson and you know the 2012 season and here we are today. You know, it's just everything it, that came out of that, the, the technology, the moment, everything was just right. And it's it's really weird. Right. It, it and people have asked me before, like you know. You know People think I'm, I'm like a social media guru. I really am. I have no idea what I'm doing. I, I, I'm serious. Like, I really don't. like. For every cool thing that works, there's like 15 things that did, I tried that didn't work. But um, people have said like, hey, would you come in and speak to us, you know, or speak to our, our class or whatever? And yeah. I'll go in there. I'll be like, hey, listen, um, I'm here and we'll, I'll talk about what I did. But just so you know, like it was all chance or luck or you want to call it blessed or whatever. You know what I mean? Right, right. Um, it all just, everything just kind of fell into place. And... And I, I always say, and I believe it, that if it wasn't Bill's Mafia, it would have been something else because Bill's fans are so awesome, and that's not like a platitude. Bill's fans are awesome. Yeah. And if it, it was like a zeitgeist, like a spirit of the times kind of thing. Exactly. I mean, it was born out of, like, it wasn't just me. It wasn't just Breon. It wasn't just Leslie. It was all these fans supporting Stevie Johnson over this this uh, drop pass, which, don't tell Stevie, but it's kind of the coolest thing that ever happened to me <laughs> i mean i was pretty upset at the time like, yeah. I, I still watch that and i i it's in his hands and like I, I, it's like the, the wide right like you always think it's gonna go down the yeah. middle and then it yeah. goes to the right so you always think he's gonna hold on to that whenever you see that and i don't know so it, it even it's such it's a weird paradox because i see that play happen i'm always like Ugh, even when i see it now but uh it was one of the coolest things that happened to me yeah little did but, you know at that moment right yeah it's awesome. it's real but yeah it's like i said before not about me I just want to do whatever I can to help bring fans together, help yeah. people be cool with each other, people, you know, help each other. So Awesome. Well, Del Reed, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for the invite, man. I appreciate it's it. This was great. great. This was awesome. Nice. Music for Field Recordings is provided by The Traditional. The opening song is called Disaster from their new album, How to Live Without Blood, which is available on iTunes. And you can also get more information on the band by going to thetraditional.bandcamp.com.